People miss Christ because of lack of perseverance. If you look at verse 34 in this verse, it says, Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting for the posts of my doors. Now, this is Proverbs. This is literature. This is poetic stuff. Don't take everything literally. Now, take it seriously, but don't take it literally as everything as, you know, it's referring here to watching. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're back in Proverbs chapter 8 today, the chapter of soul suicide. He that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All they that hate me love death. That is the culture of death for those who rebel against God. And we see this in our country. We see the ravaging of drugs. We see many that turn to suicide in their problems of life, in their rebellion to God. And life becomes empty, and it becomes meaningless. Therefore, they wrong their own soul. And through hatred to God, they seek after death. The gospel of the Lord Jesus is the good news that Jesus is the light and the life of men. And if you put your trust in the Lord Jesus, you have life from above, eternal life, 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 and life more abundant. And my prayer is that you will come to know that true life which is in the Lord Jesus. In Proverbs 8, we find that the Scriptures are all about Christ. The word wisdom is really the Lord Jesus. He is the wisdom. He is the Word of the Father, or the revelation of the Father. And everything in this chapter points to the Lord Jesus. So stay tuned with us as we turn now to the pulpit ministry of our church, as we open the Bible and let the Bible speak. And I've drawn a red line at the side of my Bible from verse 22 to 26. And I've written in that Jesus is an eternal person. You see, Christ is in all the scriptures. There is no one that fits the bill or the description of these verses in Roman, uh, Proverbs 8, 22 to 26. Here he says, The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. There is an argument, a statement, for the eternal nature of the Son. Before God did anything, Christ was there. Jesus was there. Therefore, we should listen to him. 
That's the argument. That's, that's why the therefore is stated in verse 32. It's because of who Jesus is, his glory, his deity, his unity with the Father, that he is co-equal. Verses 27 to 29 is another little group. And everything that was created, Jesus was there to do it. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him. Christ was there. And that agrees with John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and there was nothing made that was made without him. There he was. Christ is there. Now, because he is the Creator, he has a claim on you. You cannot turn a deaf ear to the, the Son of God and live. You will court death. You will seek death if you do not hearken to him. Now, verses 30 and 31, uh, that our Lord Jesus is co-equal. Then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable part of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. There's the co-equality of the Son with the Father. Yes, in the Old Testament. Yes, in the book of Proverbs. The Bible is all about Christ. We speak about Christ in all the scriptures, and here we find him right in this very passage. And so, many see the Lord Jesus as just a, a teacher, a mere prophet, someone you can take or leave. The world's filled with prophets, gurus, and so-called wise men. That's just another title for Jesus. No, no. The danger here is that this is the eternal Son, co-equal with the Father, united in creation, and, of course, you'll see there in verse 31, his interest is in the sons of men. He's interested in you. He came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. He is the Savior of men. I shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus came to save his people. And it is because of his interest in men that he calls you to be saved. He that findeth me findeth life. He that hateth me loves death. Now, that brings great responsibility upon you today. You will give account of this. You will answer at the judgment day, and you shall give account of your own decision, your own love or hatred for the Lord Jesus. Now, there are many, of course, who despise 
the Lord Jesus. Isaiah spoke of this. He said that he would be treated as a root out of a dry ground. He would be despised and rejected of men. And that's true, unfortunately true. It's true in every age and every nation. When the missionary goes to the lonely island who, where they have never heard the gospel, there are many there so in love with their depravity, they don't want to hear of the power of Jesus. They don't want to hear it. They want to continue in their sin. And that's probably where you're at today. And that means you have to make a very serious choice. That means you have to decide whether you're going to seek life or seek death. And I plead with you, do not miss the gospel call. Do not turn it down. Do not listen to the fleshly state of your heart. Do not listen to the frame of mind that is at enmity. Do not give in to the poison of hatred that is endemic in the heart of sinful men. Do not listen to the voice of your friends who might mock and scorn you if you become a Christian because they hate Jesus. They choose death. Do not follow in their ways. That's the very call of the gospel. Now, in verse 32, refusal to hear Jesus' voice will cause men to miss him. If you look at verse 32 again, you will see this, this invitation. Now, therefore, hearken unto me, O children, for blessed are they that keep my ways. Verse 33, hear my instruction and be wise and refuse it not. And then verse 35, he that findeth me findeth life. And of course, this is where many go wrong. They refuse the word. They refuse the message. They harden their hearts against the truth. And because faith is always based upon hearing, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so if you shut your ears, there is no hope for your soul. Jesus always taught, he that hath ears, let him hear. And you need to have an ear for the truth, the, the message of Christ and his gospel, that you might be saved. And this hearing leads to faith. And faith in the Lord Jesus is what saves your soul. And faith alone. There is no other way. Now, some say that they will not believe unless the Lord Jesus comes in person to them. They say, well, you're talking about someone who's out of this world now for 2,000 years, and all of this is history. How do I know that Jesus is real? Well, the Lord has sent ambassadors, and he has made his preachers and his church to be the ambassador of the gospel. And we are to beseech you in Christ's stead. And this is the amazing thing that the Lord in every generation raises up preachers to proclaim this gospel and to tell the nations and to tell you 
that he invites you and calls you to believe in him and save him. Some say that they need to see a miracle happen right before their eyes, otherwise they can never believe. In Luke chapter 16, we read about the rich man who died and ended up in torments. And he said, send Abraham that he might warn my five brethren. Let them be warned lest they also come to this place. But the message came back, and you can read this in Luke 16. They have Moses and the prophets, except they hear the word. Neither will they believe if someone was sent from the dead. Look, there's someone coming in now. Well, Mr. Rusman's about to come in now. He's turning on these fans. But let's, there's someone coming in the door now. He walks up the aisle. He takes the pulpit and he says, I was once in the dead. I'm alive. Would you believe that message? They didn't believe Lazarus. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, what did they do? They determined from that hour to kill him, Lazarus. And they plotted and schemed from that time how they would kill the Son of God. So there is one who did come back from the dead, and it certainly did not create faith. Faith is something that comes through the hearing and through the Word. And this is the means by which the Lord speaks to hearts, not by miracles or gimmicks or any other means. It is by faith in the Word. Some say that they will believe the history of the Bible, but it's not relevant for today. In other words, I believe all that uh, is recorded. I don't doubt those things, that there was a man called Jesus who lived, died, rose again. All of that is, is uh, I'm not going to doubt it or question it because um, it's all facts, but it's not relevant to today. Well, remember history is his story. It's his story. All the facts lay the foundation for the gospel we preach. We simply preach his story. He made the world. He called Abram. He raised up Moses. He gathered together a nation called Israel. He made that nation to be his people. Out of that nation came his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was born in manger, a miracle, in the womb of Mary, without a man. He lived a supernatural life. No man doeth these miracles except God be with him, Nicodemus said. He went to the cross. Muslims deny that. They deny that Jesus died on the cross. They say that some substitute stepped in and Jesus just vanished. But no, history tells us that our real man called Jesus, the same Jesus, died and rose again on the third day, ascended to glory. And it's all his story. And the story's not over yet. This same Jesus shall so come again. 
and you're going to bow the knee before him, either as a believer rejoicing or as a sinner who hated him and you loved death to be judged and denied by him. People miss Christ because of lack of perseverance. If you look at verse 34 in this verse, it says, Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting for the posts of my doors. Now, this is Proverbs. This is literature. This is poetic stuff. Don't take everything Literally, I take it seriously, but don't take it literally as everything as, you know, it's referring here to watching at the gates, waiting at the posts of the doors. Here is expectation. Here is hope. Here is assurance. And we don't give up. And this is the language of perseverance. It's like the employee waiting at the end of the month for his paycheck. And you don't leave the office until you get your paycheck. You hang around. It's not ready yet. The secretary's on it. It's, it's, it's coming. And you hang around. You can't go home without that paycheck. And there is perseverance. There is that required in the life of the Christian. We do not work our own way of salvation. We do not pay for it. But we lay hold on it. And we claim it. These are the terms of peace with God. We come to Calvary. We look to the blood. We plead the mercy therein. Then there is the cost of giving up the world. The disciples went forth confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. Do not think that a Christian means a trouble-free existence on earth. There is perseverance. To be saved requires that you turn to the Lord with all your heart. Philip the evangelist, we might learn of this this evening, he spoke to the Ethiopian and said, If thou dost believe with all thine heart, thou mayest. And so there is the opening of the heart to the Lord. The thing to know is that there is no lack of will with the Lord. The incident of the rich young ruler proved that point. Did you know that that young man, who was very upright as far as men went, was very rich as far as men went? But it tells us in Mark's gospel that Jesus loved him. You can look that up. I'll give you the, te the reference. Mark 10, 21. Jesus loved him. And he called him to be his disciple. The rich young man said, what do I need to do? Jesus said, sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come be my disciple. What did the young man do? He went away very sorrowful. He chose death 
rather than life. The point I'm making is it wasn't the Lord didn't love him. He chose his riches above the Savior. Don't allow that to happen in your life. And do not procrastinate. I read of a, an earnest Christian doctor who was visiting a, an old man, a patient, whom he had treated many times. And he was suffering from an attack of bronchitis. The doctor promised that he would have some medicine prepared for him very quickly, that uh, he might be relieved from all the, the congestion, the coughing, and the, the difficulties of breathing. And he asked the doctor for a little bit, now when I get this medicine, when should I take it? And he said, well, maybe in a month. What? Well, a week, a few days. And the man said, Doctor, I thought that you would tell me that as soon as this medicine is ready, that you would say, take it immediately. You need it now. And the doctor said, well, it's up to you. He was a Christian doctor who had tried to witness to this man a number of times. And of course, he was a procrastinator. He put it off. Not now, not now, not now. And he used that to awaken him to his own folly. The folly of procrastinating. Someday, sometime, that means you do not really feel the acuteness of your own sinful state. You do not realize how death is so close. And here you have the Savior with all his grace and mercy and love toward you. Just as that rich young ruler, Jesus loved him. Do not say Jesus would not have me. He would not save my soul. You must trust in him. Now is the accepted time. There's no promise for the morrow. The morrow is the devil's word. The morrow is the procrastinator's worst ploy. You must come today, believe, and be saved. Do not play with soul suicide. I haven't even begun to preach on the horrors of such a death, at death and beyond death. The awful eternity that awaits a Christ rejecter. The horrors of hell fire for all eternity. I haven't even touched it in this message. But if you choose death, all they that hate me, Jesus said, love death. If you're not a Christian, if you're not yet saved, I want those words to ring in your heart. I want it to be a stone in your shoe. I want it that you cannot be at ease without Christ in your life. Because you need to be saved. If I can speak further to you one-on-one, feel free to talk with me. And may the Lord call you and save you today.
You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Mm-hmm.